I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family all around the world. Welcome to this week's episode of Live Your Best Life with me, Les Wright. And to say that I'm excited about today's conversation is an understatement. I have been really feeling Holy Spirit on inviting my guest in for today's show. And I know it's going to be an epic conversation where there's going to be so much revelatory flow that will transform your life. So I just encourage you for the next half hour, if you can, just get comfortable and just listen, open your spirit and listen for what the Lord's got for you in this conversation. So my guest joining me for today's conversation is an international prophet. He's an international speaker. And honestly, wherever he goes, the realm of glory opens up and absolutely astounding miracles happen. So I can't wait to get into the conversation with Charlie Sham. Charlie, welcome. Hey, Liz. It's uh, awesome to be on with you today. It's so good that you've been able to join us. Thank you for squeezing us into your schedule. Okay, Charlie, I wanted to ask you some questions about your amazing new book, Transfigured from Darkness to Light. It's such a now word for the body of Christ. I mean, when I was reading it, it gave me language for some of the experiences that I've been having recently with the Lord. And so I I wanted to jump off by just sharing just a little bit of what happened to me last week. And then when I was reading one of the chapters, I just thought, oh my goodness, I have to talk to you about this. So we'll jump off there and I'll ask you a question if I can. So literally, I think it was last Thursday, I was in the spirit in worship, spirit realm opens up, And I started to ascend and I found myself walking and I was completely filled and clothed with the light of Jesus, just radiant. And I knew in my spirit that what I was experiencing was personal, but it was corporate. It's something of what's happening to us now all over the world. And I began to ascend as I was walking. And as I did, I could see Jesus in front of me and he was in the throne And the the throne all around him was just swirling light. And I was just obviously transfixed, began holy, wow, began to walk towards him. And my, my spirit knew also that we were awakening, that what was happening to me, walking, sort of ascending upwards was representative of the, of the awakening that's happening to us now. We're beginning to be aware, I think, more than ever of what's actually happened to us and who we are in Christ. Anyway, so as I, as I continued to walk, I walked, met with Jesus, took my position alongside him in the throne. And my spirit knew I was in the throne. I wasn't on the throne. I was in it, completely immersed in the light and in the light of Jesus. And then I looked to my left and there was a multitude of the cloud of witnesses just millions and millions of the family in glory all around the throne and they were rejoicing there was this massive celebration and sound of jubilation and i knew that it was to do with the time we're in because we're the generation that's awakening to understand that we live in christ we live in him we live and move and have our being in him and we live in the throne and we're going to administrate from this 
a state, it's the place we live in, right? But really aligned into the mind of God regarding this truth. So then I start reading your book and I'm like, every other page I'm going, oh my goodness, this is what I've been seeing. So I just wanted to read just your exact words and then just jump off from there, Charlie, and ask you to speak into this, if you would, what the Lord has been showing you. Um, but you say... And these are truths we know, family, right? But it's the way you write it, Charlie, as a prophet. It just activated another level of understanding for me. You say, on the inside of Christ, that is where you are at, on the inside of him. The Bible says that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are seated on the inside. You are on the inside of that throne, <laughs> so that's what I experienced. You are in the inside of that throne. You are on the inside of that kingdom. You're on the inside of that power. You're on the inside of that presence. And when you're on the inside of him, then you can move beyond an earthly dimension. You can move here and there throughout the earth because in him, I live and move and have my being. And of course, this is Pauline gospel, right? But can I, can we go from there, Tolly? Can I just ask you what the Lord has been showing you with regards to this? Because I'm wrecked reading it. Well, I think that the body of Christ is um, awakening to who they are, mm-hmm. where they are seated with him. Yeah. That Christ is triumphant, that we, the church, are also triumphant. And as overcomers, we're beginning to recognize exactly who we are inside of Christ and who Christ is in us. And the journey of the gospel really is a journey of discovery of who we are in him. And in fact, the entirety of the Bible is really just a journey of recognizing who Christ is. And when we recognize who he is, then we be, we become empowered to live from a different position, different position of light as opposed to just being on the earth powerless. So um, I believe that that's where the the church is coming into um, on a more corporate scale. Uh, Of course, I believe throughout church history, there have been those that have been positioned through encounter. And then through the reading of the scripture, revelation was given to them of who they are. And that's why they were empowered to do the things they were, they were able to do. But more so in this generation, God is making it corporately available where everybody begins to recognize who they are. And obviously because of um, technology, revelation um, is becoming more uh, accessible where people can hear and listen to things like what we're talking about today. And then they can begin to discover for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting, isn't it? We're in, even though the world is like, there's so much darkness, so much complexity right now and difficulty. All I feel in my spirit is we're in the most amazing time where we really are beginning to line up with his mind, you know, his intention, the original blueprint, like you said, you know, we're awakening to the reality, like we're waking up family. <laughs> it's just amazing to do the greater works, to manifest Christ, right? There's something else you said, Charlie, and I just thought, oh, that's awesome. You said the mind is a partner with the spirit. <sighs> that, that's another massive gem. Can you share a little bit more about that? 
Well, you know, Paul speaks about the mind of Christ. He talks about how that mind of, of Christ supersedes the uh, natural brain and the uh, intellect of, of humans. That's why Paul um, didn't use the word gnosis when talking about revelation. The word gnosis is natural knowledge in the Greek, but he used the word epigenosko, which is the, the supernatural knowledge. And um, when we are talking about Christ, and I know that you know this already, Liz, but we cannot know Jesus um, in the natural. Uh, we have to know Jesus by revelation. And so when we discover the gospels and we even look at the gospels and we read them, the thing that I find so fascinating is that even though Jesus, here's the word of God, here's the incarnation walking with these disciples, yet they don't know him. They don't fully understand mm -hmm. who he is through the entirety of Jesus teaching them. It isn't until they come to a revelation. Peter comes to a revelation in, in, in Matthew 16, that for a moment he gets a glimpse. But Jesus said to him, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but this was revealed to you essentially by revelation. That's how you understood this. And so even in today, the way that we discover Christ is not just through reading the text or even necessarily just through having a short time of prayer. We receive a revelation through interaction with the living Christ. And that's why Paul said he was on the backside of a desert for three and a half years. Nobody taught him. Christ came and taught him the revelation. And this is what we need to begin to realize is that Christ has to be revealed to us. Revelation is revealed to us. It's illuminating light. And once that light of illumination comes, then we begin to recognize exactly who Jesus is and who we are in him. Oh, I hope this is, I hope this is making sense. Oh, you, you really just, that's why people go to church and they never really understand who Christ is. And therefore they can't understand who they are in him because they don't have revelation. Revelation is that breaking of bread. That's what that is. That's every time revelation shows up, it's Christ breaking the bread for us. He's breaking the bread of life and he's yeah. giving it to us. And uh, revelation is access back in the garden mm -hmm. to eat from the tree of life. Yeah. It's powerful what you're saying. So, of course, when you, when you receive the revelation of who he is, what's coming from the spirit, your mind then partners with the spirit, right? You grab hold, you start living out of that or imparting that realm of truth, right? So when you're moving, I've got to ask you this, when you are traveling and you begin to open up that realm, is this what you're doing in inside? You're living from a place of revelation. You're seeing like the invisible, so to speak. It's like using your language and then you bring the invisible here. So you, so, I mean, these phenomenal miracles that you experience, Charlie, I mean, it's a realm that opens up. That's it's so rare, right. Even today in the earth. So 
Will you explain to us your process? I mean, obviously, I want to see this multiply over the world like you do. Is that what's happening to you? Is your mind partnering with the revelation with this, with, of the spirit that's being given to you? Yeah. So um, obviously, your spirit, man, is completely illuminated with light. Yeah. The portion of you that is being transformed uh, initially is your soul which a lot of people try um, to destroy, like, you know, to bring the soul under subjection, but God created the soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the soul is so connected when Paul's talking about the mind, he's also talking about, he used the word cardio, which is the heart. So the mind is not necessarily the brain. The mind is within the soul or the heart, the center And so when you are in prayer and you begin to see uh, images, you begin to experience things, um, we need to recognize that they're on a, they're not illusions. They are on a different plane of reality. And those things that we see can begin to manifest into the natural. And when we begin to take time and meditate And God begins to open these things up for us. He's showing us things on purpose. Those things are things that he wants to bring into the earth, but he needs a body. He needs um, a gate. He needs a, a, a person to release those things into the earth. And, you know, ultimately... Um, the realm of intercession, the earth is eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is groaning, but the Bible says in Romans eight, that we are also groaning. Yeah. Paul connects the groaning of the earth with the groaning of the spirit. And when those two things meet, then what is in the invisible can begin to manifest. And so whether, whether intercession um, is, a groan, like you understand, like as Pentecostals, as charismatics, people begin to pray, they begin to groan, as Paul says, or it's a meditative state of silence. There is still, there is, the groan is not coming from the natural, the groan is coming from the inner man. And so that is what is causing the manifestation to come into the earth. Yeah, you, you, you follow me on that? I so am. I love it. I love your language. Okay, I'm going to just ask you, I'm going to read it rather than trying to quote it from memory. Um, there's something else that's connecting to what you're saying. Ah, it's just fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So you say, when you begin to operate out of the genetic code, love this language, and wear the divine garment, you move into realms you never expected. You are operating out of the blessings of both king and priest. So I know it's slightly different to what you were saying then. Obviously, you're speaking about the groans of the Holy Spirit and that, you know, God sound and the and you reflecting back the sound of of Christ within you, of the spirit of God within you to begin to bring things from the heavenly realm here. Right. So this is, this is part of operating out of our genetic code, right? I want you to unpack this language and then move into this next dimension of the way that we can live supernaturally on earth. So can you explain what you're saying there for people who this language might be a little bit new for them? I just love it when we begin to operate out of our genetic code and where divine garments, which is a supernatural 
a provision, right? Which I know you'll share about. You move into realms never expected. So this is the deep supernatural life, isn't it? <laughs> the deeper life. So can over to you, Charlie, can you unpack that a bit for us? Take us a bit deeper. Yeah. So you're a new creation. We know that through the Pauline uh, epistles, we understand that we are altogether new. Not that, that God somehow cleaned us up, but we have a brand new genetical code. And when you look at um, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11 speaks about how there's going to be this rod that's going to come out of Jesse. And from that, the stem comes out. When you understand that he is talking there about a genetical code, he is talking about uh, not just a, a stem as in like a plant, but he's talking about stem cells. He's talking about that rod, that rod of authority being genetics. Then uh, it, you begin to understand that God isn't just wanting your spirit to prosper. He's wanting your soul to prosper. And he's also wanting your physical body to prosper. And when we look at um, Jacob with Jacob's ladder, the whole experience of the angels coming up and down, a lot of people, um, they focus on that. But what they fail to focus on is that God is sitting at the top of basically a genetical uh, DNA strand and revealing to Jacob that his genetical line, Abraham, Isaac, he says, and he says to him, and you also, he says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of your father, Isaac. And so he's showing him this DNA line. He's showing him this genetical line. And the reason that he has the ability to do what he's able to do is because of his DNA. We are not who we're, we are, how do I put this? And, and I, I, I want to, the listeners to understand this apart from Christ and the new creation, you cannot be fully human Ooh, yes. because wow. we, we know that we're, we're supernatural because we're born again, mm-hmm. but we also have to understand that in order to be fully human, we must have God because even in, um, in Genesis, he says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Yeah. The Trinity is interwoven into humanity. Humans, apart from their experience with God, can never be fully human. And that is why Jesus reveals to us the new creation. He reveals what it is to be fully human as a son. And when we look at Jesus, we are obviously we're looking at the son of God. We are looking at the word, but we are being changed from glory to glory. And so the more that we come into revelation, we come into the place of the unraveling of the DNA that is within inside of us. It's not that somehow we're, we're, we're getting more glorious, more glorious, Liz. It's that 
we're coming to a reality of who we are. And as we come to the reality of that revelation on, on packs upon us, and we are able to do what we've always been able to do, but now we have not just knowledge that it exists, but understanding of how to operate in it. So there's like, um, a cohesiveness, an alignment that starts to happen inside of us through the revelation. It's like the revelation activates the synchronizing of our spirit and soul into the mind of God to use that kind of language. Is that what you mean? I love your language, Charlie. I'm listening to you like every word. Completely. And, okay. and, and so, and so when let's, let's go here for a moment. When we go to the Mount of Transfiguration yeah, and we see Jesus with the disciples, we see him with Peter, James, John, he goes up onto the mountain, right? He's talking to who he's talking to Elijah. Mm -hmm. He's talking to Moses. Okay. What we look at is we see, okay, we see the prophets, we see the law, we understand that. But what I think a lot of times we don't understand is that in the old Testament, when Moses goes up on the mountain, Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to God. When Elijah goes into the mountain, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to God. When the disciples go onto the mountain and they see Christ, and they, the Bible says they fall on their faces, what they recognize in that moment is revelation of who Christ is. They recognize that he's God. They recognize in that moment that he is God. And, and when that moment transpires, they realize why Christ is really coming. Christ is coming because he's talking to, he's talking to Elijah. He's talking to Moses about his exodus. What the disciples recognize is that not only is Jesus going to exit from the earth, in the sense of he is going to be crucified, he is going to die, he's going to resurrect. But they too, as they walk through this life, really through Egypt, they too have the ability to exit this life and enter into a new creation, into a new reality where, where the uh, transfiguration of their life is also possible, where in Christ is the fulfillment of the law the prophets and the entirety of what the creation was meant to be is wrapped up in the Christ. And they too have the ability to be wrapped up into Christ. So um, profound is profound. And of course, as we look at Christ, he is, we're looking in a mirror. We see the firstborn among us reflecting back to us the truth of our of our identity and i think it's it's here this is the place i know for me when i have been privileged to experience the sovereignty something of the sovereignty of jesus this is the place where all deception of separation fully leaves this the place of powerlessness impotent living the orphan heart it just breaks doesn't it and that your spirit resonates and unfolds so to speak, and you begin to move in power. And so have you found that the, that literally the mirror, the miraculous, the realm of the spirit, everything that you see of kingdom coming on earth through your life, it's coming from here 
from this place of gazing at, at Jesus, of living in him and being aware of that? 100%. Because what happens in the miraculous is it is a revealing of the new creation. Miracles are a direct uh, uh, association with revelation. That's why the Bible says that, that um, Paul uh, had an angel. The Bible says that it was an angel of light that was sent to him to buffet his flesh. Really, the word angel right there is apostolic. In an apostolic prince, because of the amount of revelation that he had access to, the demonic realm had sent to him a prince, a prince to buffet him because of the amount of revelation that he had. When we understand that revelation that is of Christ, Christ-centered revelation, because there is no other revelation other than Christ. The word of God is all about the Christ. Everything that is of transformation for humanity is found in the Christ. Many people say revelation this, revelation that, but the revelation is Christ. And when Paul began to unpack that revelation, you look at Ephesians, you look at Colossians, you realize the uh, superiority of his understanding of Christ, even above the other apostles that had walked with Jesus. He was operating out of something that was much, much greater. And the way that he got there was through his realm of prayer, meditation, and the unpacking of the word of God that led him to a place of powerful demonstrations that where he would walk into cities, he would see whole cities, whole entire cities come to the Lord. And it wasn't because he was a superior uh, orator or that he had great intellect. It was that he had a revelation of Christ. And the moment that he walked into the city, the earth, that place began to shake and groan because they recognized that there was a son. There was a son who had a revelation of who he was. And this is what this is all about. This is what we're coming to. Yeah. We're coming to a place of understanding who we are in Christ as sons and daughters of the kingdom. It's going to unlock everything, isn't it? It is all of history has come to this point, I believe. So I can feel the weight of the spirit on your words, Charlie. It's just, I'm sure you can as well, family listening. I'm sure you're shifting as you're listening to this conversation. You know, Charlie, um, for about the last few years, Jesus has been bringing the Apostle Paul to me in different encounters and experiences. And um, I, I absolutely believe that there is an investment that he's, he's making in our day. It's like he's he's an apostolic influence who he was or when, you know, record who he is, but who he was recorded in the, in the scriptures for us. There's an impartation that's coming into us. And there's an awareness of the revelation and the life that he lived that I believe we're going to manifest. Again, the church is going to look like that. <laughs> and some, you know, in our, in our time now, as this, these truths drop in our spirit, like you say, that revelation flows and ignites inside of us and the world, it's going to turn upside down because we're going to take our positions in 
Christ in the throne and administrate from there, you know, and I think I don't, yeah, I'm very, very excited. I think the most important thing we can do right now is sit at his feet, isn't it? And let him awaken us with revelation. Like you said, just lock on and meditate on the word of God and just receive. Yeah. And recognize um, as mystics, right? We're talking yeah. mystical language here yeah. that there is a massive difference between being a hermit and being a holy man and woman of God. A hermit is somebody that would just lock themselves away from humanity, never to uh, emerge. Holy men and women, mystics, were not hermits. They would go into encounter. They would take that moment to engage the realm of the spirit, to see into the invisible, to see what God was doing to to get a revelation that would empower them to go into the earth and that's what paul was paul was a mystic mm-hmm. it didn't mean that he you know would would stay by himself never emerging uh into the world paul would go into the place of 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 prayer meditation and reading of the scripture in order to be empowered in who he was so that he could affect uh, the earth. And that's what we as mystics need to go to. We need to recognize that that is what God has called us to be. Revelation brings illumination, which brings a manifestation to transform the planet into uh, the way that God sees it, heaven on earth. Amazing, amazing. It's Romans 8 activating, isn't it? The earth, like you said before, is groaning and waiting to see the manifest sons of God. Yeah, come forth and to release it from its bondage to decay. Ah, amazing. Okay, just in finishing, Charlie, can I ask you to pray? Would you pray or release whatever is in your spirit just to the people watching? Yeah, definitely. So, Father, I just thank you for every person that's watching, that's listening to this broadcast. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would begin to illuminate, for you are the one that reveals the Christ that brings the truth into a place of manifestation. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are opening up the scripture to those that are listening, those that are watching in a new way. Let them see the Christ in the word like they've never seen it before in the scripture. Boy, I ask you that you would pull it out and bring it into a manifestation. Lord, I pray for every person in their prayer life that this would be a broadcast that would bring an impartation of intimacy, that would bring an impartation of hunger to go into the deeper things of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this generation. I thank you that we have been called to release and illuminate the light, the revelation of who Christ is, as he is, so we are in this world. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person that you will bring them into a place of manifesting you on a daily basis in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. I agree fully. My goodness, Charlie, thank you for giving us your precious time today. It's been amazing talking with you. So for people who want to know more, where can they find you? Um, 
On all social medias, uh, Charlie okay. Champ on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, okay. Our website is destinyencounters.com. Yeah. Uh, that's where they can find out my schedule and everything that we're doing. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. And I totally recommend the book. <laughs> it's amazing. Word for today. And guys, have the most amazing week filled. I could feel the invitation just coming straight from the Lord's heart for you as Charlie was praying then really could. I could feel him drawing you to himself. So be expectant. Have the most amazing week and look forward to being with you again next Monday. God bless you. 